I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Pentagon. So grab your sand bucket. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello. How it is you are doing? What is this? <laughs> what is this choice that we did not discuss <laughs> ahead of time? You gotta make a bold, make a bold choice and just go for it. And here you are going here for I it. I went for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. What What did you think that accent was? It's like a Russian German type of thing. Sure. I thought Transylvanian. Yes. 
Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Probably actually from the movie Transylvania. It's probably like the vampire dad. Like the animated movie? (laughs) Yeah, it's probably like the vampire dad boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. How does your doing? How does your doing? (laughs) Um... So welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Wolentowski. Arden Wolentowski. Oh, I am Arden Wolentowski. Arden Wolentowski. It is me. I know your name isn't German, but it is fun to say with like a German accent. Wolentowski. I think that's how it's... It has all the right syllables. It does. Ooh, that's a good accent. Thank you. It's my Angela. Oh, Angela. It is my Angela, Michael, obviously. It's very good. Whenever she steps down, it'll be a travesty to me. Oh my god, what what will you do? I mean, let's hope there's somebody as great as Angela. And somebody who has as good of a name as Angela. Angela? No, there can't there is no Angela. No. There's only one Angela. I just hope she like stays in public life yeah. for me. And for the you. and the fed the Germans. <laughs> Which um I'm trying to find a segue from Angela Merkel to the Pentagon and I can't find it. <laughs> I, you know, there sometimes there just isn't a way to get there. Sometimes there's no bridge Mm-mm. from what we start talking about, which is, if you can believe it, never planned. Mm-hmm. We never talk about what we're going to talk about at the top of each episode. And sometimes the uh, the segue is there and we can just hop on it. And sometimes you are in Germany trying to get back to a military building. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Arr. Okay, here's a connection. Oh, okay. Here's the connection. So Angela Merkel is the Chancellor of Germany, and the Pentagon was built during World War II. Germany, big part of World War II. I don't know if you guys knew this. It's a little hush-hush, but (laughs) Germany, big part of World War II. Big part of World War II. Yeah. Really in the weeds. Yeah. Of that war. Yeah. Very obscure, obscure part of it. Mm-hmm. Man, what a shame that the Pentagon wasn't like ready for World War II. You know, like no. it, it was built during that time. So it like wasn't active. Yeah. We really needed it. <laughs> we did. I mean, by the time it was built, it was, the war was basically not, well, it wasn't done, but it was, it was completed. Yeah, I think we were, 42. it was on the decline. Yes. It was in it was in Act Three. Yes. Of a three act structure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I appreciate your effort at trying to segue I, into mm-hmm. this episode about the Pentagon. Oh, you're so welcome. I think it's as good as we're gonna get. So yeah. surprise. We're doing an episode today on the Pentagon, the building herself. Mm-hmm. I know very little about the Pentagon other than the fact that it's a military building. Yep. And it's shaped, I would say, interestingly. Uh-huh. Other than that, yeah. I don't know too much about her history. Who like what like her like the function is, like who works within mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. um specifically, other than like, you know, getting more specific than just like the military. Right. So I'm excited to learn more. But yes. before we all learn together, do you want to talk about today's sources yes today's sources not unlike the sources that we had for our last episode that you did it Mm. is history.com and the department of defense yeah simple where else you gonna go easy beautiful cover girl that's it cover girl Mm -hmm. 
There's nowhere else to go but the Department of Defense and yes. History.com. If you can't find it, it doesn't exist. If you can't find right. it there, there's no there's no hope for you. Exactly right. So let's jump in to the first question of the day, which is, who is she? <laughs> who is the Pentagon? What she for do? For those of you who don't know or who may be abroad and have never heard of the Pentagon. Because, like... You wouldn't necessarily hear of the Pentagon if you didn't live in the United States. So I think that's also what's interesting about it is that it's kind of like not like a a thing you would assume that people in other countries know about. Right. So anyways, the Pentagon is the Virginia headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense located in a massive five-sided concrete and steel building that is a potent symbol of America's military strength. With more than 6 million square feet of floor space, the Pentagon ranks among the largest office buildings in the world. Mm-hmm. She's big. She's I didn't big. I didn't know she was like that big. Like I knew she was big, but I didn't right. know it was like Well, big, also big. It must like the footprint has got to be huge because there are like skyscrapers that are office buildings, but they're this is only like I think four or five stories. Like it's really short, right? So it just right, has exactly. to be like, like, wa- like wide, like yeah. wide. She's yeah. wider than she is tall. Exactly, exactly mm-hmm. right. Nowadays, the Pentagon houses the Office of the Secretary of Defense, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the highest ooh. Echelon. Yes, girl, yes. got it. I knew I knew it, but I just had to think about it. Uh-huh. The highest echelons of the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and Air Force. So, yes. like, the generals, all the generals, yep. all the whatever the highest ranking. Admirals is probably more. Is admiral higher than a general? Oh, I'm not. We did an episode on this, and I can't remember. I know. Well, I think it's also different per branch. Yes. But, like, the ones with, like, all the stripes and all the stars and all the medals and very, very serious frown lines, those guys and gals are the people working at the Pentagon. Yes. Like, you don't just, you you have to, like, be somebody to have an office at the Pentagon. Oh, yeah. No. No, no, no. Interns do not get their own office. You must have medals and dangly things to have an office. I would be very intimidated to go to the Pentagon, I think. Oh, yeah. I I don't even even know. Like, even just driving by it and like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the Pentagon. I wonder how close you can get to it. Do they do tours of the Pentagon? I don't know. Part of me thinks, like, I mean, we should look it up. Part of me thinks... Yes, because it's, like... The Pentagon? It's the Pentagon and, like... But then, I I mean, but maybe it's all under lock and key. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, it's not a military base. No. It's an office building. Right. And there's a difference, you know? Oh, usually you can. They do, but not now. (laughs) Well, sure. (laughs) Usually, yes. There's a lot going on. (laughs) There's a lot happening right now. You can. You can tour the Pentagon. I'd tour the Pentagon. I would. I would keep my hands to myself. I feel. Do you know what I mean? Well, I feel like I would oh, have for to be sure. very... 
Well, I always feel like when I'm around like that high of military personnel, which has only happened a very few times in my life, that's where I get very, like I become more formal. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to like, yeah, I'm trying to be like so polite and so, you know. Because, like, I, I respect the hell out of what they're doing, and I know they're very intense and ha- have very stressful jobs and are, like, in charge of making sure that nobody attacks us. And it's like, I just want you to know that I'm not I'm not kidding around. Right. So let's talk about where she came from. Okay. The 1,100 acres of land on which the Pentagon sits was once part of the sprawling estate of Confederate General Robert E. Lee. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The federal government confiscated the land during the Civil War, but the building's concept and construction didn't happen until several decades later. So, I mean, I do love that we took his land. No, oh, yeah, they were like mm, ours now, traitor. Yeah. And we're gonna <laughs> and we're gonna build a military uh, mm-hmm. office on it mm-hmm. of you. the Union. Yeah, lol, lol. <laughs> Jokes on you, Bobbert. Jokes Seriously, on you. That is the biggest yeah. middle finger, and I love it. Me too. The building was supposed to be temporary. It was the brainchild of Army Brigadier General Brehan B. Somerville, who in the early 1940s pitched it as a temporary solution to the then War Department's critical shortage of space as the threat of joining World War II became imminent. Hmm. Yeah, so they were like, we're, we're going we're gonna to get into this war, but like... We got to have an office. We got to have an office. And the War Department we don't have does not space. have a lot of space left. Yeah. So we need I love that a building. it was like... Let's build a temporary building instead of just being like, let's take, like, let's kick the Smithsonian out for a couple of months and just use their building. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, right. I mean, maybe they needed special, like, they needed it to be top security or something like that. They had to, yeah. like, deck it out in order fortify for it to be, it. yeah, fortify it in order for it to be safe. But, yeah, it's just interesting that they... Because I, I would think that it would be easier to use a building that is already standing, considering that the war is imminent. Right. And by imminent, I mean happening. Happening. Um, like fully just happening in front of our eyes. Yep. But um, but look, I'm not, I'm not a military person. Mm-mm. They didn't ask me. And I get it. I wouldn't ask me in this case. I don't think I have military acumen. Uh-huh. Acumen. But I'm not, I'm not here to rock the boat. I just think it's interesting. They could yep. have commandeered something. Yeah. But they didn't. But they didn't. The plan for the Pentagon was approved on September 11th, 1941, and construction began. About 296 acres of land were designated for the building, which was supposed to be turned into a hospital, office, or warehouse once World War II was over. They literally were just building it for the war. And then basically they were like, hold on a second. I think think we might want to keep this space around. This office life is great. (laughs) (laughs) I it's prefer. nice to be able to just, like, knock on your door and chat. I feel yes. like we're getting, we're more productive this way. Yes. yes. Which begs the question, what were they doing before? I don't know. Maybe it was just a smaller office. Maybe. There's more file cabinets now in the Pentagon than they sure. had before. A lot of papers, a lot of classifieds. Uh-huh. When Somerville's lead architect, G. Edwin Bergstrom, drew up the design for the building, he was forced by the position of existing roads at the site to use an asymmetrical five-sided shape. Somerville had determined that the building could be no more than five stories high to both accommodate a wartime scarcity of steel and to prevent blocking the views of Washington, Mm. D.C. 
Sure. Yeah. Always thinking of tourism. <laughs> it's like, yes, we are a country at war, but the people have to be able to see the capital. <laughs> yep. They have to give the people what they want. Yeah. I also love that they were like, we can't move the roads. No. So. <laughs> no, they were like. I was really hoping for like a better reason behind its shape. And no. the fact that it was like, we just couldn't couldn't move the roads. <laughs> we just couldn't move the roads. It has to be this way because that's the shape Forced of the land. our hand. I also love the like. The roads might be there, but you don't have to do the sides. Like, you could make it a circle. Could make it a circle. Could make you it a square. You could make it a square. You could make... There are lots of shapes. So many I learned shapes. in fourth grade that would yeah. have... So many shapes. Could have been a triangle. Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although the triangle doesn't have as good of a ring as the Pentagon. The Pentagon. You're right. Yeah. The three-story building would be completed, Bergstrom claimed, within a year, with 500,000 square feet ready for use within six months. Like, hello. Dang. They just build us a building. I guess we're not at war yet, technically. So there's still a workforce here. They're, yeah. And they're, they're gearing up, but there's there's a workforce. Yeah. Um, while Somerville was officially in charge of the Pentagon project, it fell to one of his subordinates, then Major, Len- Major Leslie Groves, to make it a reality. Groves oversaw the day-to-day construction of the site, successfully dealing with a series of strikes and managing many strong-willed military figures exerting pressure on him to complete the project ahead of time. It's under a He's lot like, of I stress. I can only do so much! I can only do so much! Because also, listen to what else he was doing. While still working on, on the Pentagon, Groves also was put in charge of the Manhattan Project, which <laughs> we talked about last week? Like... Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah. Or not long ago. Not long ago. It was very recently in the podcast feed, which you should go back and listen to that. But it was America's effort to develop the first atomic bomb. Were there so four people working in the military? <laughs> approximately. And that was it. Everybody else. Oh, my God. I don't know what they were doing. But this poor Just man. Like, I mean, to, like, do, to do the Manhattan Project and the Pentagon, too, you could say high stress. High stress. Project. Uh, construction on a house is high stress. He's building yeah. a gigantic military office space and also managing the ethical question of whether or not we should build atomic bombs i mean right while the germans are also like (sighs) freaking out you know like under the pressure of war yeah (laughs) a world war yeah groves was involved in nearly every aspect of the top secret project aka the atomic bomb selecting and constructing clandestine sites for the research facilities and its workers across the country. He was doing it all. He was a busy body. Jeez Louise. Yep. Man. Yep. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. So then the House of Representatives passed the necessary legislation for the project on July 28th, 1941. And then the Senate just a little bit later on, on August 14th. By that time, however, controversy had arisen over the scale of the building as well as its location so close to the hallowed ground of Arlington National Cemetery. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. Very valid concerns. Yep. Moved by the protest, FDR declared that the project should be moved to a site three quarters of a mile south of Arlington Farm, adjacent to the Washington Hoover Airport. He also directed Somerville to reduce the size of the building to no more than 2.25 million square feet, which is still huge. Still gigantic. Still ginormous, yeah. but smaller. Uh-huh. And also I like that it, <laughs> Roosevelt was like, we have to move the project. Mm-hmm. Let's pick it up and put it over here. Just- I mean, I'm assuming they had not broken ground. No, but, but it was still- very close to being started. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you can't. I mean, we have to now make sure there's no swampland <laughs> next to the airport. Oh my god! Yep. Obviously, there was pressure for the temporary building to become permanent. Yep. At the height of World War II, the Pentagon housed more than thirty-three thousand people, and its worth exceeded expectations. Officials discovered that they did, in fact, need to keep such a large military force active once the war was over. So instead of turning the building into something else, it remained the military's command center. So, again, they were like, we love this. Yeah. I think this is great that we have this huge office dedicated entirely to military operation. Yes, we should keep this building. We should keep it. In 1992, the building was designated a National Historic Landmark. Due to its age, renovations began around that time on the billions, now 4 million square feet of space. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been around for 50 years. Right. We built it quickly. Yes. 
with a shortage of steel. Mm-hmm. So there's leaky roofs and faucets, you know, you gotta zhuzh it up a bit. And just 50 years of like new technology and, and right. new fortifications and the U.S. military had grown immensely and oh, yeah, they yep. had some stuff to do. They had some stuff to do. In September of 1947, Congress passed the National Security Act, ushering in the single biggest military reorganization in American history. The act created the National Military Establishment, split the Air Force from the Army, formally established the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and created the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, and the National Security Council. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Talk about, like, packing it into a bill. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, real, a real overhaul. Yep. Which makes sense, because we were a country at war. Uh Uh-huh. In the post-World War II era, the Pentagon's role was shaped decisively by growing Cold War tensions. Mm -hmm. Is that a chill in the air, or is it the Cold (laughs) War? (laughs) As the wartime alliances with the Soviet Union disintegrated into a fierce rivalry fueled by the nuclear arms race and the growing number of U.S. security commitments around the world. I mean... When you think about it, there's not a lot of time between the end of World War II and the beginning of the Cold War. No, not at all, really. So, yeah, they were like, <laughs> I wonder if they were even like, I don't know, let's let's stay in the Pentagon for like five years and mm-hmm. make sure. <laughs> Just make sure that everybody's Nothing done bad doing happens. what they're doing. Exactly. And then the Soviets started acting up and they were like, out. we're keeping the Pentagon. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're like, we need the Pentagon. We don't trust those Soviets. So an incredible amount of workers and materials brought together the Pentagon. The grounds and building went up in a stunning 16 months. That's insane. There are like it's nuts. buildings in New York that are like still not done after like 10 years. It's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah, seriously. Get these people on it. I know. Get the get the military on it. They. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's why I love the military is because... When they're in charge of a project, like when they were in charge of the vaccine distribution. Oh, yeah, York, that shit got done. Dang, that did that shit get done. It was yep. a lean, mean, well-organized machine. Yep. Hell yeah. The building was officially completed in January of 1943, thanks to the help of 1,000 architects and 14,000 tradesmen who worked three shifts around the clock. A staggering amount of materials were needed, including... 435,000 yards of concrete. What to measure concrete in yards? In yards? I know. I, that is such a weird statistic. I mean, I guess like once it's solid and like laid out. Sure. You know, is that a yard? Well, like how tall is the yard? Right? 12 feet. <laughs> but that's just one dimension, right? Like if you lay it down. Sure. You're like, thinking, is, like, it, is it tall like a, or is it wide? Or... Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yard, which way? I don't know. Which way? I understand. Thank you. It also needed 43,000 tons of steel and 680,000 tons of sand and gravel. I don't, I understand that sand is used a lot, but the idea that the Pentagon is made up of that much sand <laughs> is odd. <laughs> She'll blow over in you a know short what I mean? breeze. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Bye. Yeah. 
The first tenants moved into the building in April of 1942, several months before the building was finished. So they're like, look, we've got three offices done. Uh Uh-huh. Three people can work here. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, come on down. Come on down. the next contestant at the Pentagon. Instead of steel, the building was primarily built of reinforced concrete, hence the amount of yards. Much of the filler for this concrete was dredged from the grounds around the Pentagon itself, including the Potomac River. They're like, we need we need to mix need it up more. with something. Go b- dig a hole. Go dig a hole. <laughs> Go down to the river. Bring us back some sand. Concrete was also used to build a series of ramps throughout the complex, which eliminated the need for steel-enforced elevators. So they're like, we can't, we, we can't use steel. Let's get creative. What can we do? What can we do? Roads. No wonder this thing needed so many renovations. Oh, my God. Yeah. In an America still highly segregated by race, the Pentagon's planners found it necessary to design a building with separate facilities for black and white employees, including white and colored cafeterias for the construction crews and 284 bathrooms, twice the number needed for anticipated staff levels. However, in June of 1941, President Roosevelt issued Executive Order 8802, which prohibited segregation among federal employees. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they were like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No. You're not doing this, not doing this in federal land. No. At first, Virginia authorities determined to enforce the regulations laid out in its Jim Crow era separation of races law insisted that the facilities be segregated before finally relenting and ceding control of the Pentagon to the federal government. So Virginia was trying to be a little piece of shit about it Uh and try to keep the Pentagon segregated, even though it was a federal law. Right. (laughs) Or I guess a federal executive order Mm -hmm. that this couldn't happen. So stop acting up, Virginia. Take a seat. From its opening, all facilities were open to both black and white employees making the Pentagon, for a time, the only non-segregated building in all of Virginia. Which is just wild. Wild! Uh-huh. Because Virginia is not small. No. And it also houses other major political government buildings. buildings. Yes. Yeah. Although I wonder if it's because of it's Virginia, not D.C. Still, I mean, there's still like... yeah. Things that are in Virginia that are not D.C. True. And also it's like still a huge ass state. It is. That is wild. It's wild. Wild. So we would be remiss to talk about the Pentagon and not talk about the events of 9-11 as they Mm. related to the Pentagon. Yeah. So during the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001, which was 60 years to the day after construction began on the Pentagon... A hijacked plane struck the building, killing 189 people and damaging roughly one third of the building. It has been determined that ongoing renovations, because we were trying to fix a building we built very quickly, likely saved lives on 9-11. Several offices in the area that were hit weren't occupied because of the ongoing renovations. And That's one of crazy. the Yeah, yeah. And one of the sections had just finished getting upgrades that improved security features, including walls and windows with greater blast resistance. An initial analysis after the attack suggested that helped to save a lot of lives. Yeah, it's like it's it's that thing, right, where obviously when you think of 9-11, the f- first 
primary thing you think about is the towers, but yeah. And then and then it's that moment of like, oh wait, but then there are also two other mm-hmm. planes that, well, one actually hit the Pentagon, but then one didn't was not successful in. I forget where that the plane that ended up like crashing in a field was supposed to hit. I thought it was um, the White House. I could be totally maybe. wrong. Maybe. I, I don't know. But it was supposed yeah. to hit, like, you know, another yeah. landmark or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I, like, sometimes forget that p- part of 9-11 was also a plane yeah. going into the side of the Pentagon. Gone. Yeah. And it's just crazy to think of, like, how coordinated it was, 9-11. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Yeah. A $501 million repair and renovation initiative dubbed the Phoenix Project. Love a metaphor. Began, oh, my God. Yeah, Rise so from the ashes. Rise from the ashes. Yeah. Began in early October 2001. Its leader, Lee Evie, publicly declared on October 5th that the goal was to have repairs completed by September 11th, 2002. Sure. His team's considerable efforts were largely largely successful. By then, the Pentagon's focus was already changing from hunting al-Qaeda in Afghanistan to gearing up for the coming war in Iraq. The Phoenix Project was officially completed in February 2003 at a total cost of some $5 billion. The renovations included sweeping security upgrades, including a move of the Defense Department's command centers to the basement. Yes. Sure. Yes. Isn't... It's just, I mean, I know, I know. And, like, this is not even, like, a real criticism um, because, like, I think 9-11 was, so, like, so out of the realm of possibility at the time. Like, it just, yeah. it was just so insane that something like that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's, and it's crazy to think that, like, there was a time when military command centers weren't in bunkers. Yeah. You know, which is ba- which is effectively what this is. I mean, yeah. you're calling it a basement. It's a bunker. It's a bunker. It's a bunker. It's, it's a bunker. Anybody can walk into a basement. Very few people can walk into a bunker. The threat of a attack on the Pentagon is like always present. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just it must be very stressful to work there. I think, but I get yeah. like I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't I don't live with that kind of stress. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, and maybe it's just that's part of like military training, right? Is compartmentalizing that kind of fear and anxiety. Right. Well, but because like, if you didn't, you would just be stressed out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I would be very stressed out working at the Pentagon. Yeah. You'd be eating a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. In March of 2003, designs were revealed for a September 11th memorial, including 184 illuminated benches, one for each victim, set above a series of illuminated pools. Ground for the, for the memorial project was broken in June 2006, and it opened to the public on September 11th, 2008. So, What a crazy... The whole thing. I mean, this isn't an episode about 9-11, although no. it is coming out... Very close to 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a crazy thing. And it's interesting, you know, like, um, to now that we're at the point where there are conscious young adults who were not alive right. for 9-11, yep. which I think is crazy. Because uh-huh. um, it's such a prominent, like, part of our generation's zeitgeist, I guess. Yep. But it's, yeah, it's it's weird that it's becoming, like, a, a thing that 
was a thing in history. Right. As not, opposed to like. Right. Not a something tragedy that, that happened, happened yesterday. to us. Yeah. 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 No, it's like a, now a moment in history. Yeah. This is a complete deviation from 9-11 talk because I don't want to end on the vibe of 9-11. I know. Um, but it also like because you can go there as like a tourist. Do you think mm-hmm. it has a gift shop? Oh. You know what I mean? Like, is it that kind of place? (laughs) Or is it just like, hands by your sides, be quiet, and I will show you some old control rooms. Right. I mean. Where military decisions were made. I feel like, oh, okay. It sounds like there's a souvenir store. Because like the, remember the SCOTUS had one. That's where I got my umbrella. Yeah, but SCOTUS is fun. (laughs) SCOTUS is like a different, is a different type of stress, right? It's not like yeah. there's something really, I mean, obviously if I was in front of a Supreme Court justice, I would be acting on my best behavior, uh-huh. but for a different reason right? than if I was like in front of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I would be terrified if I was in front of the yeah. Joint Chiefs of Staff. I'd be like, oh, you're, you're I'd be like, I don't, I don't know even, I don't, how, wanna... I don't even know what we could talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm so, I'm so insignificant and small compared to you i know how how uh, how was your day how was your day how was your day my day was good i went on a tour of your office where i know what do you say to the joint chiefs of staff like hey how how's it going oh my god that's a loaded question right right (laughs) Um, how was work today how how is it going just in general are we (laughs) are we going well are we we going not well Mm-hmm. It's like if the Joint Chiefs of Staffs are not stressed, I'm not stressed. Right. And like, and I, I equate it to like when the flight attendants are standing, I'm not stressed. But when the flight attendants are asked to take their seats, I'm stressed. Stressed. I'm stressed because I feel like they know. They know. They know more than what I know is going on. Right. Yeah. And you just know those people are full of secrets. Oh yeah, they know. They know. They, they have all of the info. They know. Mm-hmm. Dun dun yeah. dun! I would go to the Pentagon. Let's put it on our list. Put it on there. Let's put do it, it on our list. We're going. Um, we have I'm so many things fan. to see. We have so many things to see. I can't wait for you know things to be a little more open. Yep. Um, and for us to be able to like travel safely mm-hmm. amongst each other uh, mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely would do the Pentagon. Great, because I I think high level high level military really interests me. Yes, not that like low level military doesn't, but like I think it is a really specific vibe uh, type of person. Like it's it's like just a, a world and a culture that like we I don't understand and have no exposure to, and I feel like very few yeah. people have exposure to like that level. Agreed. So therefore, I want in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the exclusive, I want to be a joint chief of, chief of staff. <laughs> you should be joint chief. Uh, the the, the uh, of hot dogs of, of hot dogs. I the, know the hot dog and sausage council absolutely needs you to be. Yep. You're right. I'll yep. I'll call I'll call council. <laughs> yeah, and get them. and get the paperwork in. Yep. Uh, but you guys, that is our episode on the Pentagon. So happy anniversary to the Pentagon being built basically mm-hmm. or or breaking ground which is happening um very soon or has just happened depending on what day today is 
It has, let's see. Oh, it's about to happen. It's going to happen um, in a couple days, the anniversary. But in the meantime, we love you guys so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.